Let me just start by saying how many of us here have known what it's like to have to wait on God. Okay, and I'm sure I didn't ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure if I did ask for a show of hands, I'm sure every single hand in here would probably go up. So how many have waited on God for something? So before we get to get to the message to prepare the foundation, let's go to the book of James. The book of James. Thank you, Jesus. All of us, as we go through life, have had reason or occasion, especially if you're a child of God, to have a need to wait on God. So looking at James, James chapter 1, verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Okay? Okay? Count it all joy, verse number two. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That can be challenges, things that come your way in life. So underline the word joy there because we should indeed, you say, well, Jesus, it's hard to be in joy, be in a joyful mood when you've got things and challenges going on in your life. But the word says to count it all joy, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. Okay? When we are praying to God and we have a petition out there before him, Many, many feel that, like, when is he going to answer? When is he going to answer? Remember that God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry, but he is always on time. Amen? God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. He will use, in many cases, your entire lifetime to prepare you for your role on earth and in eternity. It may take a lifetime for him to prepare you and to mold you and shape you for what he has for you to do. We need to be patient with God and with ourselves. One of life's frustrations is that God's timetable is rarely the same as ours. One of the biggest frustrations is that God's timetable is not always ours. We are often in a hurry when God isn't. You may feel frustrated with the seemingly slow process that you're making in life. The Bible is filled with examples of how God uses a long process to develop character. He took 80 years to prepare Moses, don't forget. Took 80 years to prepare Moses, 40 40 of which were right there in the wilderness. For 14,600 days, I did the math, 14,600 days, which is 40 years, Moses kept waiting and wondering, are we there yet? Is it over yet? But God kept saying, no, not yet, not yet. Contrary to many popular book titles out there, there's no such thing in the spirit realm as, you know, as uh, seven ways to achieve immediate success and, 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 and some of those other titles, secrets of instant achievement. When God wants to make, you think about this, when God wants to make a giant oak tree, he takes 100 years. But when he wants to make a mushroom, it happens overnight. Amen. Amen. Takes a hundred years or so to make a giant oak tree, but a mushroom can spring up overnight. Great souls are grown through struggles and storms and seasons of challenges. So we need to be patient with God's process. Go to Habakkuk. Habakkuk. 
praise God. If I could just find it here. Tabs here keep getting ripped off. Crying out loud. I just love these tabs when they work. When they don't work, they don't. They really don't work. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, Habakkuk chapter 2. I'm sure you're familiar with the scripture here. Habakkuk chapter 2. And we're just going to go to verse 2. Habakkuk had been praying here. He was getting discouraged and so forth because God wasn't answering him. And it says in verse number 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So the main verse there is verse number three. And underline that, please. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So don't be discouraged. When Habakkuk became depressed because he didn't think God was acting quickly enough, God, that's what God had to tell him. Remember this, and listen to this, remember that a delay from God is not a denial from God. A delay from God is not a denial from God. Remember, and think about, remember how far you've come, not just how far you have to go. All right? Think about that for a moment. Remember how far you've come and not how far you have to go. You are not where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. Think about that also. Amen. Remember, remember that you are not where you may not be where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. Think about where you were five years ago, ten years ago. Think about the progress that God has made in your life. Think about the things that God has shown you um, over the years. So where you're not, maybe you're not where you think you want to be, neither are you where you used to be. And remember, dwell on how far you've come, not just how far you have to go. Years ago, people wore a popular button with the letters. Now, listen to this. The letters, I have to read this because the letters are so long, was a button. P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. And it stood for, please be patient, God is not finished with me yet. (laughs) Okay? All right, so think about that. God is not finished with you yet. You're going through a process in God's eyes. You're going through a process where he is preparing you for things that he wants you to do here on this earth and also for into eternity. Okay, and while those letters stood for that, please be patient, God is not finished with me, well, you know, he's, he's doing a work. You need to talk it over with yourself. Ask yourself the questions, how is God using this season of challenge in my life to develop my character? Ask yourself that. How is God using this time in my life where I'm going through this challenge? How is God using it to develop my character? Why is it so hard for me to be patient, even when we believe God is at work? Literally, when you're alone and you're praying, ask yourself those, those questions. Amen. I've been there. I mean, we all have been there as children of God when you're praying and hoping for something to happen. And it seems like it just isn't coming along, not long, um, speedily enough for you. But literally ask yourself. I mean, if you know, if you know in your head that you should be patient and you know what the word of God says and ask yourself, then 
why is it? How is God using this time of not answering my, my, my prayer yet? How is he using it to develop me? Why is it so hard for me to be patient? And then the third question you should ask yourself is, what promises from God or experiences from my past can I remember that encourage me as I wait on God's timing? So you think back to your past. One of the descriptions that always comes to mind with that is, is David when Aram Saul was, was telling him that you're not mighty enough to go up before Goliath. And David said, well, the same way uh, God brought me through that bear attack and that lion attack and I was victorious, the same thing would be with Goliath. So you need to think back on your life also. Okay. What was it that God did for me in the past? What did bring what other challenges has God brought me through? Remember that these are things to talk over with yourself. Go to Galatians six. Galatians 6. Praise the living God. We need to always inquire from the Lord and think to ourselves sometimes because, you know, maybe it's not God, maybe it's you that is just making your waiting period more difficult. Okay, Galatians 6, and we're just going to go to verse number 7. Galatians 6, verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So underline verse number 9 there, all of verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So whatever it is that you're doing right now for the Lord, if you're, you're serving God and you're, you're going to church and, and whatever job you are in right now or whatever it is that's going on in your life right now, do not be weary in doing well in whatever that is. Amen. Because it says, for in due season you shall reap. But the operative words there are, if we faint not. So just because we're going through a challenge, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we should get kind of weak and, and start saying, oh, well, I mean, God's not answering my prayer anyway. So I'm just going to halfway do or approach whatever it is that I'm doing now in life. Do it, do it, do it in a half baked manner. OK, but God says to do it well, do it well, because in due season you will reap or you will benefit but if you don't faint, if you do not give up, you see, many times just because we don't think, see things materializing right away, we think, oh, well, oh, what's the sense? What's the use? And you give up praying to God. You give up having faith that God is going to come through and answer your prayer. OK, so you have to wait in the waiting room of life. You can choose to trust God instead of panicking. Trust God instead of panicking. You look at the calendar, you look at the clock and you say, oh, gee whiz, you know, this is the time and this is the day. This is the week. This is the month. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. When is God going to come through? OK, well, God's never late. He's never late. He's always right on time. You see, you see. So this whole thing, the state of mind that we get into, the state of our spirit is right here between our ears. It's in our it's in our, our, our minds. And then if we're not careful, we let our minds dominate our spirit. Then our spirit winds up then becoming just so destroyed that you can't cope with life and you kind of give up on the whole thing. In the waiting room of life, you can choose to trust God instead of panicking. You also need to remember two things. One, 
God is never in a hurry. And two, God is never late. God's timing is always perfect. What happens in those times where it appears that God is late, God is getting you ready for a breakthrough. That's what's going on. When you think that God is dragging his feet and you can't figure out what's going on, God is preparing you for a breakthrough. There's something big that's on the horizon. And what I've experienced over the years that when that is indeed going on, the devil is at work overtime with you trying to make sure that he can tear you down to make you lose faith in God. So he makes your situation just seem worse and worse and worse and worse. Amen. But what's happening, you need to think to yourself, well, gee whiz, if it's not appearing here yet, it didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen today. Well, tomorrow, maybe there's going to be a breakthrough there. Maybe there's going to be a breakthrough. Amen. Maybe. Okay. God's timing is perfect and his timing is never late. Another example of God's perfect timing is in John 11. We don't have to go there right now, but it's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. You all know the story. In summary, Lazarus had become very sick and his sisters, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus to come quickly to them. At this time, Jesus was with his disciples and he told them this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And you ever stop and think that the things that are happening in your life that are tarrying in your mind, that you see everything in our lives, if you're a child of God, especially everything, well, even even through 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 the heathen, God gets glorified. But in a child of God's life, the, the culmination of whatever you're praying for and hoping for, when it does come through in your life, God gets glorified through that. God gets glorified through your life, through the things that happen in your life. So he says that this is not until the death, but it's for God's glory. What is interesting is that Jesus loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha very much. But when he heard of the news, he stayed where he was for two more days, if you remember the scriptures. He didn't drop everything and rush to Lazarus to heal him while he was sick. No, because, again, God's timing is perfect. It even gets more interesting as the story goes on. The account goes on. When Jesus does arrive, he finds that Lazarus was dead and had already been in the tomb for four days. And you know, if you remember, the scripture says, and boy, he stinketh, said the body, surely the body stinketh, it says. You would think God's timing for sure was too late here, okay? I mean, the Lazarus was dead. How much later can you get than that? But Jesus has the power over life and death because he is the creator of life. And he who is life, he who is life can certainly restore it. Jesus raised Lazarus from the, from the dead and said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That's what it says in John 11, verse 40. If you believed, didn't I say you would see the glory of God? There are many Jews who I witnessed this miracle and afterwards put their faith in Jesus. God had a purpose and a plan in raising Lazarus from the dead. If Jesus healed Lazarus while he was sick, there would not have been many people gathered as there as were they uh, as many that were there when he uh, had passed and was raised. OK, you ever, you, ever, you ever stop and think about that? If he had simply healed Lazarus, there certainly wouldn't have been that many people there. But Lazarus had died. So therefore, people had, garried, had gathered to mourn his body. So there were quite, quite many people there. OK, without God's perfect timing, all of those Jews that did come to the Lord would not have been there to witness it and put their trust in Jesus. Do not give up your faith. I say to you today, do not give up your faith. Keep praying and serving God. Keep on sowing. Keep believing because you are getting ready for a miracle. If there's something that you're praying for and believing for, just look at it this way, that you're getting ready for a miracle. God does not spend his time idly sitting by. 
God does not have us all lined up like on some chessboard, some huge chessboard, and every single one of us there, okay, I talked to him last week, I'll talk to him here and do this and that, okay? God is at work. God is powerful enough to work in everyone's, in everyone's lives simultaneously. Amen? So just, just, just tell yourself, get ready for, you're, you're for, getting ready for a miracle, you see? And, and, and you need to be able to believe that and, and hear that and really get, get it deep in your spirit because I know we've all been there when you're praying for something and it's kind of just lingering on and on and on. You really got to change your mindset from God doesn't hear me or, or God is not there. But this time that I'm being dragged through, this challenge that I'm being dragged through is because God is preparing a miracle in my life. Okay, and, and that will be indeed beneficial. If you go to Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, Jeremiah 29 and verse number, verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Amen. Amen. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. But the main scriptures there is verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So if you know that God is thinking about you in a fashion that is beneficial to you and you know that he has a plan for you. okay? this is why during that period when you're waiting and you think that God is being too slow, God is delaying. okay? remember that, gee whiz, whatever God is planning for me, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a great thing, you know. If you were, when you were a child and if your mom and dad were planning a birthday party for you or some special trip or anything like that, and, and the weeks lay, uh, leading up to that particular day when this was going to happen and all they maybe said to you, say, oh, we're going to have fun, you know, on the 30th of the month, whatever that day is. You didn't sit there worrying about, well, gee whiz, what's going to happen? What's going to be, what's going to happen on the 30th? You know, this is mom and dad, you know, on the 30th, they're not going to prepare you for a big spanking. Okay, because that's not how they operate. Amen. On the 30th, something great and wonderful is going to happen. Well, it depends on how you've been behaving, I guess, too. (laughs) Maybe the 30th is going to be a big spanking. (laughs) Amen. 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 But all things being equal, you're looking forward to something great. Well, God is even much greater than we as parents are. So God's thoughts towards you are things of love and things that, that he wants to do to make you happy and to please you and to make you, you, you feel really great about who you are and what's going on in your life. You know, you have to realize that um, what he's going to do, God already knows in your life what he's going to do in your life next month. He knows what he's going to do next year. He knows what he's going to do in the next decade or the next 10 years because his plan for you is good. You see, while you may not know where you're going to be next month, may not where you don't know where you're going to be this afternoon for that matter, <laughs> you know, or what you have for breakfast for that matter. OK, while God knows those things, God knows where you're going to be 30 days from now. He knows where you're going to be next quarter, next year, 10 years from now. God knows. OK, and if you're a child of God and if God loves you, he does love you. Then it means that where you're going to be is a good place. It's a good place. 
So where I am now, this challenging time, then God, why am I here? It's because he's developing. He's shaping. He's molding. You heard me tell you before about how when you're working with clay, how you have to refine that clay and get the stones out and so forth. Then before that, 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 that vase that you make with your hands is really ready for prime time, it goes into the kiln. It goes into the fire where it's hardened and it's strengthened. Okay? And so we all go through the fire. God picks out the imperfections, the stones as we're developing, and this waiting time that you're in right now might be a time where he's picking out the imperfections, he's developing things, and then there's a time of you being fired up so you'll be ready for his work. We need to learn to pray for breakthroughs. We need to develop a daily habit of prayer. You see, you've got to understand that there are laws that govern spiritual growth that we must follow in order to grow and mature in Christ. There are laws. Just as God created the universe with physical laws like gravity and so on, he also established spiritual laws that we must follow to mature in Christ. You cannot jump to the head of the line without following what God is telling you to do spiritually. It's just not going to work. Okay? It's just not going to work. You see over in, in, in history, the biblical history, we see, um, was it Simon, I think it was, who had the whole town that was so mesmerized because he was into the occult and everything. When he saw what the disciples were doing in the name of Jesus, he wanted to pay and to buy for the ability to do the same thing. All right, well, there are no shortcuts. Okay? You can't buy the things of God. You can't buy spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity comes from you following the word of God and doing what the word of God tells you to do. Spiritual maturity talks about, also the Word of God talks about, study to show yourself approved. Don't think that you're going to be promoted to the head of the class and you never pick up your Bible. Don't expect to be promoted to the head of the class and you don't pick up the, pick up the Bible. And I don't mean just pick it up to move it from the coffee table to the end table. Okay. Oh, I, you pick up your Bible later. Oh, yeah, I picked it up. I picked it up. What did you do? I put it from the coffee table to the nightstand. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, I picked it up. Did you crack it open? Oh, I cracked it open. Did you read it? Well, well, yeah, I read it. Did you read it and pray? Did you read it with a pencil in your hand? Did you read it with a piece of paper in your hand, nearby at least? Did you read it with a piece of paper and pencil so that as you're reading and Holy Spirit gives you some deep insights, some deep spiritual understanding, that you can take a couple of minutes to write down those deep spiritual insights? The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. When you were in school and you had a textbook to read, you know, teacher said, you pick up your text, oh yeah, I picked it up, and then you go through the same thing again. Did you read chapter 8? Oh yeah, I read chapter 8, but you skimmed through it real quick during the Evelyn Wood speed reading course. You, you scanned right through it. Did you understand what it meant? Well, teacher, the Bible says to study to show yourself approved. Amen. So in these end times that we're in, in these times, and no one knows how long it's going to be before Jesus returns, except that. Except that guy who wrote again, August 23rd, April 23rd, I think it is, he did the math and he says, Jesus, just right after the Bible, I sent it out to the Bible class that um, he said, put this article out there, April 23rd, the Lord is returning and, and he did the math or some nonsense like that. He's supposed to be a believer too, He's supposed to be a believer, okay? So you see, we've got all of that stuff that's going on out there. If you don't know the word of God, that's a good point right there even, if you don't know the word of God, how many people will be believing that? How many people will be believing that, oh gosh, April 23rd is when Jesus is coming. I better get my stuff in order now. Okay, so they go through the cabinets, they throw out all the whiskey bottles, they get rid of the gambling stuff out. So they think now all of a sudden Jesus is coming. Okay, but the word of God does not say that. The word of God says that no one knows, not even Jesus himself. Okay, when God the Father is ready for Jesus to return, he'll say, go get my children. Amen? Amen? 
Amen. So we see here that to study to show yourself approved, how many develop a good a good habit of reading the Bible and, and prayer. There are spiritual laws that God has put in place that are just as sure and important as the, as the uh, law of gravity. In our world of calendars and clocks, we can get so caught up with this thing called time. This concept of time just governs our lives. We, we, we're driven by it. With a pregnancy, a mom can be expecting one child, that, uh, a mom can be expecting, I should say, and one child can be born later than the due date. We've all heard of that. In a pregnancy, a mom can be expecting a child on a particular date, but it can come later than the due date. Then another child is born, and it becomes earlier than the due date. In human eyes, the first child was late. The mother said, oh, the first child, oh, yeah, he, he was late coming. And in human eyes, the second child was early. But in God's eyes, both children were right on time. In God's eyes, right, both children, you see, were on time, you see. But in our mind, caught up with calendars and clock and time and everything, we say, okay, well, you know, June 1st is when the baby is due. May 25th, the baby makes its debut. You know, oh, boy, the baby was late. Nah, nah, nah. God said this child is ready. Okay? The baby comes July 1st. Well, that's kind of far past the due date. But from, yeah, that's it. You got an elephant maybe or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. But, but two days after that date, the baby is finally born. It's, oh boy, this baby was late. No, the baby wasn't late. That baby was right on time. This is when God chose and was ready for that baby to be born. This is when God, and I don't know how it works, I don't think any human being does, but at that particular time, God had this spirit and said, this is when I'm placing this spirit in this baby. Well, from the time of conception, the spirit is in this baby, and this is how long it's going to go when this baby is going to be born. The doctors may tell you this and that and this and that. When that baby is born is when God is ready for it to be born. Our concept of time is certainly not the same as God's concept of time because God is the creator of time, and God's timing is always perfect. You would expect this timing to be anything less than perfect. How could you expect it to be anything less than perfect from a God who is perfect himself? The word perfect is defined as excellent or complete, beyond improvement, without flaws, accurate in every detail. Well, that sounds like God. When it comes to God's perfect timing, he is never early, never late, and always on time. I know waiting on God isn't, isn't uh, easy. Praying is one thing, but waiting is another. And you can say, well, gee whiz, Pastor, I do pray, I do pray, but how well are you doing at the waiting? Okay. I know it can be hard when you are believing and waiting on God to answer your prayers. You can be believing for a new job, a healing, a body, a, a healing for your body, a child to be conceived, a new house. You could be praying for any number of things. Or maybe you're praying just simply for guidance in making a life decision. Maybe you're praying for some guidance. You've got an important decision to make about your life and you're praying about it. Are you waiting on God? Or are you just going to jump ahead and move at what you think is the answer to that decision? Which way you should go? You know, you may be looking at when to change a career, when to move to another location. As I said, when to buy a house. The list of what you're praying for and believing for, waiting on, on God, can just go on and on and on. It could be any number of things, even not so, so large as those things. But anything in your life that has of any meaning for you, if you're praying about it, regardless of what it is, if you're praying about it, that must mean it's important enough to you. To decide that you need God's help. So that means then it's well worth waiting. Okay? When you're going through that pregnancy, I don't know of any women that try to rush the pregnancy along. 
I'm tired of, maybe they kind of wish, oh, gee, I wish this would happen. I mean, carrying this baby is really, a, you know, it's, wow, it's hot in the summer, or middle of August, and, you, you know, you probably wish it along, but you, you can't help God. Well, the same thing is whatever it is that you're praying for now, you know. The thing that is in your life, in a way, has to be birthed the same way a human baby is birthed. And it has to go through certain spiritual steps. God is the one that's handling those spiritual steps because you don't know what they are. You don't know what needs to be moved in your life. You don't know who needs to be moved in your life, what needs to be moved and orchestrated in your life in order for your prayer to be answered. Okay? Okay? Science may understand the steps that go into the development of a fetus in the womb and so on, a baby in the womb, but down to the deep spiritual things that's happening in there, no man knows. No scientist knows. Amen? 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 So, so, so God is always doing things in his time. The story of Joseph in Genesis 37, 39, and 50 is a great example of God's timing. Timing that is not early, but is perfect. Again, I say God's timing is not too early, it's not too late, but it's always on time. And to summarize what happened with Joseph, Joseph was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers. He was sold to Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials who was the captain of the guard. Joseph found favor in the eyes of Potiphar because... Potiphar could see that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything that he did. Through everything Joseph went through, the Bible says over and over that the Lord was with Joseph. You can see that in, verse, in chapter 39, verse 2. Over and over it says that the Lord was with Joseph. Now Joseph winds up in jail after being falsely accused of attacking Potiphar's wife. All right? Even in prison, Joseph found favor with God in the Lord's eyes and was put in charge of the prisoners, which specifically included two individuals. You may remember the story. There was the cupbearer and there was the baker who offended both of their masters and wound up in, pre- in prison. Their master was the king of Egypt. These two men had dreams one night, and God had given Joseph the ability to interpret the dream, both dreams. Basically, the dreams meant that within three days, the cupbearer would be restored to his position as the king's cupbearer, and within three days, the baker, however, would be hung on a tree and killed. And within three days, everything Joseph said happened, proving his interpretation to be true. After Joseph interpreted the cupbearer's dream, he asked him, when all things, when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness, because the guy was being let out of prison now, mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Unfortunately, when the cupbearer was cut loose, he did not remember Joseph, and Joseph remained in prison for two more years. Cupbearer didn't keep his word at all. He, Joseph stayed in prison for two more years. Now, if I were Joseph, if you were Joseph, you'd been pretty upset with that guy, I would think, all right? But God's timing is never early. You see, if God had rescued Joseph from that prison at that time because of what the cupbearer told the king, Joseph will be put back into his original position as part of our, part of our servant. Okay? If he had gone and spoken to, 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 uh, to, the, to the king like he said he was going to do, he, Joseph would have been pardoned and would have been put right back into service where he was before. Okay? But God allowed, God allowed almost two years to pass because God had something much greater in store for Joseph, even though Joseph didn't know it at the time. Okay? So he didn't get out of prison. He stayed there. Now, I'm sure he was, boy, he was probably scheming and thinking about nine ways from Sunday how to get even with that cupbearer. Okay? All right? But the time wasn't right. Joseph didn't know it, but he wanted to get out of that prison. Something that you're praying for. 
something that you're into right now, something that you're hoping for to be in, in a better spot where you are now. God may be tarrying because he's not going to be early. He doesn't want to get you from where you are because where you might wind up being will be worse off for you right now. So you don't know God. So sometimes instead of us wishing and pushing God so much, God, get me out of this situation today. Deliver me from this today. Find me this house. Find me that car. Find me this. Find me that. Find me to do this, do this, do this, to answer your prayer. And it's not now. You don't know it. But if that was to happen to you right now, you may be in a worse position than you are. Amen. So don't be questioning God when things seem to be delayed in your life. There were many things that happened in my life and my, my, my wife's, our lives together um, as, as a couple raising a family. Many things that didn't materialize at that particular time. But when things did happen, it was such a great and glorious thing. And sometimes, many times, Holy Spirit will reveal to you what would have happened if you had moved. I don't mean physically moved necessarily, but if things in your life had changed in accordance with what you were praying for, when you were praying for them. Okay? Because the thing you might be stepping into is not ripe at all. You see? See? But we, human beings, because of the fact that we're impatient, we don't know what God knows. We don't know what God knows. We don't know what the future holds. See? This is why the occult world and cult practices are so popular, always have been, and are still today. Because mankind has always had this deep-seated desire to know the things of the future. Okay? We have enough sense to know that the only way to know anything of the future is by God and if God is choosing to show us. And many times Holy Spirit will give you a little hint of that future by telling you there's something you're about to step into. Holy Spirit will say to you, don't go there. But how many are listening to Holy Spirit? Many times in our haste and in our rush to achieve or to accomplish that which we want to achieve, we will go and try to make things happen for ourselves. Okay, but you don't know what is there. You don't know what is on the other side of the doorway. So you need to wait on God. God is never, 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 ever too early. Okay, so then it says it goes on in summary here, here um, that Joseph was remembered years later by the cupbearer when Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a dream that no one else could interpret. The cupbearer mentioned Joseph's name to Pharaoh. At this time now, the cupbearer mentioned Joseph's name to Pharaoh and how accurate his interpretations were while they were in prison together. Pharaoh then called upon Joseph from prison, and God once again gave Joseph favor and the ability to interpret the king's dream. The king's dream had, had very specific instructions for the land of Egypt to survive the great famine. Remember the whole thing about the seven years and the, seat of, and the, the fatted cows and so on like that? Um, excuse me. To survive the great famine, they would face in the near future. Joseph was then rewarded for interpreting the king's dream. And because of God's perfect timing, Joseph was placed in second command over all of Egypt. Now, can you believe that? He went from, from Potiphar's servant to prison to being in charge over all of Egypt. This was all in God's time. But look at what he went through, being in prison, being falsely accused. All right? Okay, he went through all of that. At the right time, God brought him out. And then it says there in Genesis 41, 41, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. You see? Sometimes when we doubt God's timing and feel that we have done enough waiting, 
We may not necessarily see the big picture like Joseph didn't see the big picture. You don't see the big picture when you when you get tired of waiting. We have such limited views of our lives. God knows the beginning and the end and everything in between that's happening in our lives. He may not answer you too early because he has something much greater in store for you. You know, and we just get impatient. You see how hard it is for us as human beings to just sit back and just kind of relax in the Lord and say, "Okay, God, I know that you've got this. I know you've got this and you're going to deal with it. You're going to handle it. And that's very hard for all of us to do. We've all been there. God is never late. God's delays are not necessarily his denials. I say that to you again, because of the fact that God is delaying answering your question. It doesn't mean that God has simply said no. When you think that you've been waiting too long for an answered prayer and pretty much think that your request um, as good as dead, like Lazarus, God has a greater plan and a purpose that he can that uh, that can be beyond your wildest dreams. And his timing is always perfect and is never late. See, and that's hard for us to imagine. It's hard for us to deal with and hard for us to understand that whatever God is preparing could be beyond our wildest dreams. God is not limited by our timetable. He may not always understand. You may not always understand his timing, but you must continue to trust and believe that our creator and the creator of this universe has got it together more than you do. You see, see, that's the thing about us, too. We get so caught up in ourselves. We think that, oh, gee, I can deal with this. I can handle this. After all, I've got contacts after so and so. I can call so and so. I can reach so and so. And you think that you can do things that God can't do. The very person or very action that you may be taking could undo what God is trying to do for you or get you get you inherently in a position that you'd be sorry that you're into. Isaiah 58 verses um, uh, 8 and 9 says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Amen. So while you may matter of fact, let's just let's just go there. Isaiah 55. You should be underlining, underlining these things. Underlining these things in your Bible for future reference. Okay, and we're going to go to 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but, uh, but waters the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Okay? So the first part there is understanding that God's ways and his thoughts are not your ways and your thoughts. He does not operate the way you think and operate. In the first place, he has greater, much greater abilities than you do, obviously, to make things happen in your life. You know? And the very words that he has said here, his words shall not return to him void. They shall not return to him without accomplishing that thing that he wanted to accomplish. So that means if he's speaking all of these things of caring for you and, and having your life in the palm of his hand, then the fact that he cares for you and will make things happen in your future that are good for you, that those very words cannot return to God without some, those actions taking place. 
So if you realize that if God has said that, that about me personally, then that means that what is what is, is going to come to pass shall indeed come to pass and it shall be good because God has said it. OK. And God's word cannot return to him without accomplishing that which he wanted to accomplish. Amen. So God says that you're going to be successful. So that means that those words cannot return to God without accomplishing that this success in your life. You see. But the problem with us human beings while we're here is that we just can't see the time frame. You know, we can't see the time frame. Well, gee was this has got to happen by the 30th of the month because I got to make that down payment on that sporty red car that I want. Amen. You know, and you start thinking along those kinds of lines and you're always building up things and reasons why you have to rush and, and achieve what you think you need to achieve. Well, guess what? God knows, knows, knows what your uh, what your what your things are, what you have to do in life. God knows what your commitments are. God knows that you have a need for money. You need to be able to pay the rent, the, the mortgage, and you need to pay the bills. And so God knows that you have these needs. So if you're trusting on God to bring you to a place to, to where you can accomplish those things and more, trust that God will do it for you. Because God said to you, we just read before, that he knows the feelings and the thoughts that he has for you. Things of good. Things that you'll prosper. Things that you'll do well. So if you know that God knows that, then you have to think that God said that in his scriptures and that is aimed at me. And those words cannot return to him void. That means they cannot return without accomplishing. What does it say? So, so shall my word, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So whatever God is speaking into existence here, it's going to prosper. It's going to come to pass. So when you get tired of waiting and feel like giving up, remember, God's timing is perfect. He is never early, never late, but he's always on time. Now, here's some things for you to think on here as we get to the point of closing here. These are re reflection points. What prayers are you waiting for God to answer? Ask yourself. What, what prayers are you waiting for God to answer? Have you been waiting so long that you're ready to give up? And only you can answer that question. Have you been waiting so long that you're ready to give up? Do you have a difficult time trusting God's timing? Is it a challenge for you to trust God's timing? Have you placed expectations on God to answer your prayers a certain way or at a certain time? Your way and your timing. Have you put these expectations out there that it has to be in your timing and answered, answered in your particular way? So some of the action points, what are some of the things that, that you can do? Well, you can pray for God to help you to develop greater trust in him and in his timing. You see, many times we wind up, we think about praying for the thing, but we don't stop and think about praying for how am I dealing with it? Am I having enough patience? Lord, help me to understand, um, do I need to have greater trust in simply your timing? OK, so, I mean, there's trusting God, but then there's also trusting his timing. OK, and they're, and they're two different things. If you really think about it, you know, you can have trust in God. Oh, I trust God that I'm going to go to heaven. But do I trust God's timing? Well, you haven't even thought about that. So if you're wrestling with God's timing, then you need to pray, you know, to help me to, de to develop, um, you know, anything in that area that might be standing in my way. Amen. Um, do not give up praying. Even when you feel like you can't wait any longer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. It means that you need to pray. 
Just because you feel like you're at a point in your life here where like it's pointless to pray and everything and, and you know, I just simply give up. That's when you're really in trouble. That's when you're really, really in trouble. If you ever get to the point of feeling, well, what's the point in praying for God? I've been waiting for these six months, waiting for this year or whatever it may be. And what's the point in my praying? So why don't I just give up? That's when you really, okay, because a prayer, prayer helps to build your defenses. If you get to the point that you're not praying, then you're opening yourself up for attack. Then if you think you're feeling depressed and worried now, wait till the devil really gets in there and gets a hold of your head because you stop praying. Amen. So that's the time where you run to prayer. And, and, it, and, and, you know, God knows your heart. He wants you to talk to him from your heart. If you're really wrestling and struggling with that area of belief and having faith on him while you're waiting, then tell him that. Tell him that. Say, God, I do believe, but I'm so struggling with the, with the waiting and the impatience. Lord, give me patience. Help me to stop focusing on this and to give it to you. Give this whole process, give this whole, whole whatever it is that's out there to give it to you so that I can stop worrying about it. And then the last point here is remember that God's ways are not your ways and that his thoughts are higher than ours. And he may answer you. He may not answer you when you want him to answer you or the way you want him to answer you. But we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those that love him. OK. And who are called according to his purpose. You know, and if you're sitting here in this chair today in this sanctuary listening to this message, then that means that that you're called for God's purpose. You're called. You're called. And whether you see it now or believe it now or can put you can put your arms around what it is you might be called to. There is a purpose. And if you feel like you do not understand what your purpose is, you know, in God and in, in, in this life and so on and ask God, God, what is my purpose in you? What is it that you want me to see? What is it that you want me to do? What is it you want me to understand? Lord, I have this petition. I have this prayer out there before you. But, Lord God, I'm going to surrender and give it to you. You see? You see? And one way to make it easier is if you're praying for this thing that really seems to be so difficult, especially in the waiting, then you take it day by day by day. Lord, give me faith to get, to, get through today. Give me patience to get through today. Okay, tomorrow's another day. When you get up in the morning, you pray about that. Lord, guide me. Open my eyes that I may, I'm, I may see. Open a door. Give me a little hint or whatever. Pray what, whatever it is that you want to pray. But the whole thing is, is that by you talking to God, it's building a relationship with him. And most importantly is that you're building a reliance on God. And you're letting him know that you're relying on him. Okay? Okay. The hardest thing for us human beings, you know, is, 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 is giving up something and just giving it to God. You know? You know, part of that may be, may be tied into, into the way we are wired for survival of the fittest kind of thing, you know, where we have to achieve and we have to aspire to do things, you see? But the only thing, God put that in there for good reason. But the, the problem is with man, as mankind developed and whatnot, uh, after Adam, man went this way in aspiring and trying to achieve things, whereas God wants us to go this way, aspiring and trying to achieve things in him, not within ourselves. You know, you think about the Tower of Babel. Look at them. They were trying to build this tower to, to the heavens so they could be as mighty as God or mightier than God. Okay, and what was that? That was aspiration. But what were they trying to do? Something not good at all. You know, amen. So that is in us. So what we need to do is to is to to take those aspirations that we have and kind of we rewire them. OK, God does not mean that we should just God is saying we should just give up and just sit back and not do anything in this life. OK, but the thing is that the actions that we take need to be driven by God. What did Paul say? OK, OK, that, that faith without works is dead. 
Amen. So while we do have to take some actions, make sure those actions are God driven. That's the difference. And make sure those actions that are not God driven, we don't actually act upon them. If you can get into the habit of praying and asking God to give you direction, you can take those actions that are God driven. It'll make that waiting time a little bit less uh, difficult for you. Amen. Amen. It's hard. No one says it said it wasn't hard, but it's how we, we place our hearts and minds and spirits to believing. Amen. Every single time that we have a challenge and the longer it gets protracted, the longer it gets drawn out, just stop and say to yourself that, gee is God must be preparing a mighty, mighty blessing for me. Amen. There's something that God is working on here, something God is working, and that will inspire you and give you the strength to go from day to day to day. I will say to you that during that time of waiting, during that time of, 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 of protracted waiting with being dragged out, God will meet your needs. Okay, God's not going to have you waiting in a point there where you're not being cared for. Your day to day needs are not being met. He's not a God that would do that. Amen. So you just need to wait on him and patiently wait on him. And if you've got thoughts or issues or or problems with what uh, what waiting is doing to you, take it to God. God understands more than you think he does. Amen. Amen. Maybe he'll give you a little bit of insights into something or maybe he won't. But that's okay, too, because you just know that God is there. That God is there quietly and he's seriously uh, working to bring whatever it is that you're, you're praying for, to bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now let us, before we close, let's honor God with our tithes and offerings.